series on eternal judgment. And in today's teaching, what we want to have a look at are the rewards that are available to the, the saints on their day of judgment, the eternal rewards that uh, we can uh, inherit from our Lord Jesus Christ on that particular day. We dealt with uh, various aspects of our lifestyle leading up to that day of judgment. And so today we want to look at what rewards um, the saints can expect to look forward to from their Lord Jesus on their day of judgment. And so when we look at the, the rewards that um, our Lord um, described to us primarily in the book of Revelation, um, there are two categories of rewards that are available to the saints as we will see in the scriptures. The first category are those rewards that cannot be earned. Those are the rewards that are given to us freely by our Lord because He has earned those rewards for us um, in that He has paid the price in that He died for us and we were able to then partake of these rewards that we'll have a look at now. And so all believers will receive these particular rewards from the Lord Jesus Christ on that day. The second category of rewards are those that can be earned in this life. And so that these, those particular rewards are again all available to the Lord's saints, but it is up to the saints as to their lifestyles that they lead here on the earth as to whether they're going to partake of those rewards and the degree of uh, those rewards that they will partake of. Um, but we'll have a look at that in more clarity as we get into uh, today's teaching. And so we just need to confirm um, who, is, who qualifies for these rewards. Uh, because as we said, the first category are free to all the saints. And so we need to just qualify who, um, from Scripture as to who is allowed to partake of these rewards. Um, the first Scripture we can look at is 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 to 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. And so we see that for all of those who are in Christ, because he says, who has, according to his abundant mercy, has begotten us again to a living hope. Those who have been begotten again to a living hope are those who are born again. And so all born again believers qualify for this inheritance that has been laid up for us in heaven. The scripture says it has been reserved in heaven for you. And so from that passage of scripture, we see that in order for one to qualify for your inheritance that has been laid up in heaven, you have to be born again. And that is the, the qualification, the criteria in order to receive this uh, inheritance from the Lord. 1 John chapter 5 verse 4 to 5 says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. All who are born again are born of God. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. And so when we will see in the book of Revelation, in every reward that our Lord speaks about and mentions, He talks about to him who overcomes, and then He goes on to mention the reward that is available for that particular individual. And so what we're just wanting to establish in this um, little section here before we get into the rewards is, Lord, who is an overcomer? 
because there is confusion in the church. Um, some people teach, you know, not all believers are overcomers, and so not all believers will partake of these gifts, but that's not true, because we're, you're just laying the groundwork in what the scripture does refer to as an overcomer. It is one who is born of God, who is born again. The scripture says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And what is the qualification? Verse 5. He who, he who, who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. And so this, every single born-again believer believes that Jesus is the Son of God. And so they are classified by heaven as being overcomers. And so therefore they are entitled to all of these free gifts, these free rewards. Uh, this first category we'll look at uh, now um, is available to every single born-again saint. And they're given to us freely. It's not These particular rewards cannot be earned. So the only um, qualification we need in order to partake of these rewards is we need to be born again. And then the last passage of Scripture, just to confirm that, Revelation 12, 11 says, And they overcame him, talking about the devil, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. And so we're meant to endure unto the end. He who endures to the end shall be saved. And so it is the condition that we leave this planet that determines whether we're saved or not. We accept Christ Jesus as Lord, we're born again, but we must guard our salvation and keep it right until the end. He who endures to the end shall be saved. And because you do get believers that along the way fall away from following after Christ. They deny the Lord, and so they're no longer part of His kingdom. So they then disqualify themselves. But those who remain true to the Lord throughout their lives and leave the earth still uh, confessing Christ Jesus as Lord, well then they remain so, uh, saved and they are classified as those who overcome and thus are able to partake of these rewards. So let's now go through the rewards that are freely given to the saint that is born again, as I say. No, no earning uh, uh, can take place here. No saint can do any work on this earth to gain access to these rewards. These rewards are given to every single believer freely by our Lord Jesus. The first one our Lord uh, mentions is in Revelation chapter 2, verse 7, uh, the tree of life. Um, and he says, He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. And so this tree of life is a, a literal tree in heaven, in the paradise of God. You will recall in the Garden of Eden, it was a literal tree as well. There were the two trees in the midst of the garden, the tree of life and the tree of the fruit of knowledge of good and evil. Um, and Adam and Eve did not partake of the fruit of the tree of life. Had they done that, their bodies would not have died. And that's why God had to remove them from that uh, um, garden of Eden. Let's just go there. Genesis chapter 3, verse 22 to 24. Um, the scripture says, Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us to know good and evil. And now lest he put out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Um, therefore the Lord God sent him out of the garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. And so he drove the man 
um, he drove out the man and he placed cherubim at the east of the Garden of Eden and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. And so that was a literal tree in that garden. And you recall our Lord said to Adam and Eve, if you partake of the fruit of the, of the, knowledge, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, in that day you will surely die. Now they partook of that fruit and they did die in that day. They died in their spirits. They died spiritually and they were separated from God. But their physical bodies, um, they could have still at that time gone to the tree of life, partaken of that fruit. And our Lord said, had they done that, they would have lived forever. That means that the, the fruit of the tree of life would have um, impacted on the physical bodies of Adam and Eve. So spiritually they would have remained dead, but their bodies would have become immortal. And their bodies could then no longer die. And so God would have had a, a huge problem had that happened, because now you would have had a spiritual dead person inside an immortal body. Pretty much similar to uh, Satan and his angels at this point in time. Uh, because angels are immortal, they cannot die. And so we see from the what the scripture tells us, this the fruit of the tree of life that our Lord will allow us to partake of when we um, receive our reward from Him. Now, don't forget, all of these rewards are only available to the saints after their day of judgment. None of the, these rewards have the saints yet partaken of. Um, and one of the reasons for this one here is because the fruit of the tree of life is meant for our resurrected bodies. Because the fruit of the tree of life is for the physical body, it's not for the spirit. Um, we'll have a look at the fruit for the spirit now. But the food for the physical body, the resurrected body, is the fruit of the tree of life. And so it's a literal tree in the paradise of God. And um, we will have access to that tree um, to partake of that fruit um, as a reward from our Lord Jesus Christ on that day. The prophet Ezekiel speaks about the same tree when our Lord Jesus Christ comes to reign on the earth for his millennial reign, Ezekiel 47, 12. Um, the Holy Spirit through Ezekiel says, Along the bank of the river and on this side and on that will grow all kinds of trees used for food. Their leaves will not wither and their fruit will not fail. They will bear fruit every month because their waters flow from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be for food and their leaves for medicine. And so that is a description of the tree of life that will be on the earth when our Lord Jesus Christ returns to the earth. That tree of life will be in the city of Jerusalem. But in the heavenly city of Jerusalem, this is another uh, description of that tree of life. Revelation 22 two says, In the middle of its street and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore twelve fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month, the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And so the, the, the picture that is described to us of the tree of life in heaven, heaven, heaven the city of heaven is huge, it's, it's massive. It's 2,400 kilometers wide, 2,400 kilometers long, and 2,400 kilometers high. Now, when we say high, it's not a, a, a cube, as many think it is. It is a mountain. Uh, for the scripture very plainly talks about the mountain of God as being the heavenly Jerusalem. And so the mountain is 2,400 kilometers high. And the, the, the river of life 
flows down from the throne of God and our, our Lord Jesus Christ. It flows down around that mountain, all the way down. And that river of life is in the middle of the street of gold. For it says here, in the middle of its street, there is only one street of gold in the heavenly Jerusalem. And that street of gold comes down all the way around the mountain. Now it's a huge mountain, think about 2,400 kilometers high, wide and, 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 and in length as well. Anyway, and so the, the, the street comes all the way around and the river of life flows down in the middle of that street of gold. Now on the banks of that river of life, all the way down around that mountain, again think how huge it is, um, it, the tree of life is planted all along, so it's not one tree. Um, that we all have to queue up to get access to. No, that river of life will be lined along its banks with trees of life. That's why in Ezekiel he talks about trees on the banks of the river. And so in heaven, you know, there, this, this tree of life, but it's obviously um, multitudes of this particular tree, it's all along the banks of the river of life. And the uh, tree will bear fruit every, 12, every month, you know, different fruit. And that fruit will be for the saints to sustain their physical uh, resurrected bodies. That's what we will have access to um, from our Lord Jesus Christ uh, from our day, on our, our day of judgment. This is the reward that is available to the saint. The second reward that our Lord mentions to him who overcomes, don't forget the overcomer is purely one who is born again and endures until the end and remains saved throughout their lives. He says in Revelation 2.11, To he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. And so the second death is um, eternal death, really. The second death is the lake of fire and brimstone that has been prepared for Satan and his angels. And all whose names are not written in the Lamb's Book of Life will be cast into that lake of fire and brimstone um, on the, at the end of the age, right at the end. Description of it in um, Revelation 20, 10 to 15 says, The devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are. They're the first two. The beast and the false prophet are the first two individuals that are cast into that lake of fire and brimstone. And the scripture says they're cast in, in there alive. Now the reason that those two individuals are alive when they're cast into that lake is because they are angelic beings. They are actually hybrid beings. Um, part angel, part man, but we're not going to touch on that today. And so the beast and the false prophet will really be there when Satan and his angels are then cast into that lake. And they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Verse 13, the sea, ga sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, and anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So every single person who is not a believer um, in Christ Jesus, they do not have their names written in the Lamb's book of life, and so they will be cast into the lake of fire and brimstone. So what happens currently is people that die as unbelievers in the earth today, they are taken down into Hades for torment. Now they are being reserved there for their day of judgment. And they're suffering torment while they're there. But they have not yet been judged. 
on their day of judgment, it will then be pronounced on them what their eternal judgment would be. Now they're condemned. Our Lord spoke about the resurrection of condemnation. So they really are condemned. All they're waiting for is to find out the degree of punishment that they will incur for the rest of eternity. And so that when their day of judgment happens um, and the, the, their name is not found in the book of life, they will then be cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where Satan and his angels will be cast and where the false prophet and the, the beast already are, the Antichrist. Um, not yet are, but at that time they would have been there. And so all of mankind who have not followed after Christ will be cast into the lake of fire and brimstone. But the saints of our Lord Jesus Christ, that those who do believe in Christ, that second death we're immune to. Why is that? Because Christ died for us. The, the death that he died, because he died spiritually, we're not touching on that today, uh, it's another series I do. Um, the death that Christ died was our second death. It wasn't his second death, but it was our second death. And so because he tasted of that death for us, we no longer have to take partake of it. That's why he says, he who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. Because all believers, even though we believe in Christ, we all die physically. And all believers do die spiritually once before they're born again. That's why we have to be born again. I'm not going to get technical on it today. But we are not subject to the second death that all of the world are. Matthew 25:41. our Lord speaking about that same um, second death. He just doesn't use the terminology. Uh, he says, then he will say, talking about himself, then he will say to those on the left hand, depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. And so that second death was never designed for mankind. It was always designed by God for Satan and his angels. But Satan is able to persuade uh, most of mankind to follow him in to that second death. And so they'll partake of it. Now of that lake of fire and brimstone, it'll never go away. We will always see it for all eternity. The saints, we will not partake of it, but we will always see it. In Isaiah's, um, the book of Isaiah, chapter 66, our Lord speaks about that lake of fire and brimstone. Verse 22 to 24, he says, For as the new heavens and the new earth, which I will make, talk, this is God the Father speaking, shall remain before me, says the Lord, so shall your descendants and your name remain, speaking to our Lord Jesus. Um, and it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another and from one Sabbath to another, all flesh shall come to worship before me, says the Lord. And they shall go forth and look upon the corpses of the men who have transgressed against me. For their worm does not die and their fire is not quenched. There shall be an abhorrence to all flesh. And so I'm not going to get into it in depth today, but that lake of fire and brimstone is located outside the city walls of the heavenly Jerusalem. Now there's no one in it just yet because the first two that will go in will be the Antichrist and the false prophet and that's thought for the future. Um, but nevertheless all will be cast in there and that lake will be just outside the city walls and we will see that because the scripture our God our Father says um, and they shall go forth talking about his saints and look upon the corpses of the men who transgressed against me. And so we will see the torment of those for all eternity of those who have rejected Christ uh, in this life. And so that's the second death. And this, the reward of the saints freely given to them is because we believe in Christ, we're not subject to that.